What's up, coaches? We are really excited that the paperwork is officially in, and we can finally announce that we are now sponsored by Amazon's audiobook website, Audible. Audible has worked with us and is giving our listeners one month of their subscription site and an audiobook of your choice absolutely free of charge. All you have to do is go to rtpbook.com and sign up for Audible. They will give you an audiobook and a free month subscription upon sign up, and every month after you get one audiobook credit for $14.95 a month. However, you can cancel at any time in the first month and still get to keep the audiobook as a gift from them. Audible has top-selling audiobooks that are great for coaches, like Bill Walsh's The Score Takes Care of Itself, Urban Meyer's Above the Line, Alex Kirby's The Big Book of Belichick, Tony Dungy's Uncommon, and many other big-name titles. Me and Walls are both getting signed up for Audible, and we'll keep you guys updated on the books we're listening to. Again, go to rtpbook.com to get your free audiobook and a month subscription that you can cancel at any time. That's rtpbook.com. We now have two designs available at our RTP store, uh, available as t-shirts, long sleeves, and hoodies. Our newest design is a cardboard sign that has Will Block for Food and Sharpie lettering inspired by my days in Houston. Check out our store under the store tab at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Attack Academy. Team Attack Academy is an online football development site for football players and coaches of all levels. It's the most powerful teaching tool introduced into the game today to raise the level of playing and coaching football. After using Team Attack Academy, your athletes and coaches will outplay, outwork, and outsmart their opponents, guaranteed. Go check them out at teamattackacademy.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Aaron Now, defensive line coach at Midway High School in Waco, Texas. Coach Now has coached football at some of the best high school programs in Texas and Oklahoma, at Cedar Hill, Arlington Martin, Waco Midway, and Broken Arrow. Coach Now also brings a wealth of experience coaching on state championship teams and coaching-slash-coordinating all levels of defense. Listen as Coach Now talks about working for coaches like Joey McGuire at Cedar Hill, coaching against great teams and athletes in Texas, and what separates Texas football from many other states' football. You can follow Coach Now on Twitter at Coach underscore A underscore Nowell with two L's. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, we got Coach Nowell on. Uh, Coach Nowell over at uh, Waco Midway. Uh, was at Broken Arrow with me when I was uh, last year. He's the defensive coordinator at Broken Arrow, now uh, coaching defensive line at, at Waco, uh, which you guys had, uh, I, I believe, is, is it the best season in, in school history or one of the best seasons? In yeah, it, uh, we ended up with the most wins in school history. I've been to state before. Uh, unfortunately, we fell in the same category. We came up short. Uh, I think that team went 13-3. and three. Uh, You know, we ended up being 15 and one, um, you know, it's kind of like every, every bad break that you could catch, uh, we decided to put it all in the first half of the state game and, uh, you know, just too big of a hole to, to claw back from. And, you know, a lot of those mistakes were, were due to the team we were playing. They were, they were pretty good. 15 and one's a uh, a pretty crazy number, especially if you're in in Oklahoma. You don't hear many 15 and one seasons. <laughs> <laughs> right, you got to drop down to like uh, now your dad and them. They go, they play five or six rounds. 
Yeah, they play five rounds, and they're by far the most five. And we only have to okay. play three. You know, obviously, you remember last year, but um, no, nothing like no, no seasons like that. No matter how good you are in Oklahoma, that's you guys have a no, whole whole season on top of a season in the end. It, it's awesome because we we got we were uh, what some people call a late Christmas break. So we got out on Christmas break on the twenty second, and we played the state game on the twenty third. So we got to coach an entire semester of, you know, football. And, you know, I mean, it's all, I mean, as a football coach, you can't ask for anything. I mean, you got an entire semester of your sport, you know, in pads and, and, you know, everything you want to do. How do you guys kind of handle that? I mean, that's basically an NFL schedule. I mean, what, what's the lifting plan look like? What's the conditioning plan look like? I mean, because obviously you guys got to have, you know, an extended off season to be able to prepare kids to play 16 weeks of football. Right. right. We're very fortunate. We have um, a, a gentleman who's our strength coach, a guy named Kevin Yoxall, and he'd been at TCU. He was actually at TCU when one of our coaches played there. Um, and uh, he'd been 14 years at, at Auburn. He'd uh, been at Rice. So, you know, to have him to lead our in-season program you know how we're going to lift and, and stop through the season and now that we're into off season um i mean it's a huge advantage for us to have somebody like that you know we lifted the varsity we lifted on monday and wednesday mornings we have varsity athletics first period so while the varsity was lifting we did a jb practice and then you know monday afternoon we bring everybody back and, and we'd go on tuesdays the jb would lift in the morning we would have a varsity only practice and then we'd come back in the afternoons uh, for another 12 periods. So Tuesday was kind of a, you know, a shorter day, whereas most schools, that's their longer day. But because of our, our, our school schedule, it, it worked out that, you know, we were able to, to get them out of there a little bit earlier where most teams were, were going longer. And, you know, Wednesday was Wednesday. And then, you know, we go walk through on Thursday and then, you know, ball game on Friday. And then we bring them up Saturday morning, lift, condition, film you know like everybody else coach it seems like uh i visited i got to visit a team in austin uh this off season and i i know i've heard from uh, my buddy david pyland who's at south lake said they did it this way and it sounds like you guys do too but um having that athletics period at the beginning of the day a lot of schools in texas are doing that and it kind of you know it seems like to me it's kind of the way to go because you get to bring the kids in I, i'm not sure that you guys do but you can bring them in a little bit earlier in the morning um, the school yep, we were at, exactly. they, they didn't start till later. So they, I think they started eight thirty nine 39 uh, school. So they bring the kids in early. They do whatever they need to do during the season. Then they have first hour, uh, first hour football, and then they go to their classes and then they get to bring them back after school and, you know, hit, hit football some more. And it seems from when we, the Texas teams we've played that have got to do that, um, they're not necessarily even have a lot better athletes than we do pretty, you know, pretty similar athlete wise, but, their football knowledge is just, you can tell it's just off the chart because of it is what it seems it, like to me. It's huge. It's huge. Um, you know, because you, you're able to build in, um, you know, more time for, for film and, and that stuff. And, and um, you know, you can, you can kind of slow down because you have those practices, especially with the, with the younger guys, like on Monday, on Monday morning, you know, I've got just my JV guys and, can really work uh, technique and really work block recognition and, you know, Hey, this is what, you know, this is really what this looks like. And, um, 
you know, where it's not so much when everybody's together and you're trying to get your guys who, who are going to play on Friday night the majority of the reps. You know, you've got an, an entire practice where it's nothing but those JV guys getting all the reps. And, you know, going forward, that that's going to be huge. And then if, if by the same token, on, on Tuesdays, when we had just the varsity guys, you know, I, with the D tackles, I had a four-man rotation. So, you know, um, we, we were able to work a lot of, of you know, kind of fine-tune our, our – our uh, hand fighting game and, you know, footwork on our stance. Hey, here's our room, get off. Here's our pass, get off. Well, we're not just banging each other. You know, I, I try to protect those guys and the fact that we're going to hit on every freaking play, whether we're, you know, it's blitz period or we're going uh, one-on-ones or it's inside run or team, or, you know, we're, we're going to hit or be double teamed or, you know, whatever the case may be. So anytime an individual, I can kind of back off that and just not, hey, let's just get in here and do double team drills for 20 minutes. You know, let's not make anybody better, and I'm wearing my guys out for Friday. You know, we're going to see enough double teams and, and be able to, to do that in all those kind of small group sessions, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, I, Coach Harper, you know this is being around me is, you know, we're, we're going to get after it, but, you know, and we're going to practice hard, but at the same time you got to be smart with those guys of, you know, Hey, we're we're trying to play 16 weeks here, and I want everybody to, to you know, take the field and in, in, in their uniform and not have to wear you know jeans and a jersey because we got them banged up on a on a Wednesday in an individual period because you know we we took 700 reps of hey let, let's work double team and cut drills you know right yeah that's that's uh that's definitely the the fine line you know that. You think every coach, every coach we've talked to, you know, they're trying to find where's that fine line of still getting my guys better, but protecting them. And I'm sure it's even more for you guys with, like you said, a 16 game season. And then uh, looking at, I know I, I would, I'd get the get online and look at who you guys were playing over the next few weeks and uh, talk about Murderers Row in uh, in that area of Texas in the playoffs. I mean, just unreal. Some of the teams you guys have to play back to back. Yeah. You know, it, it's pretty crazy. I, I would assume just seeing those guys week after week in the playoffs. It was, uh, you know, each one kind of presented their own own demon, you know. Um, like, you go to the round three game against Mansfield. That's where our head coach had spent eight years. That's where I knew him from, from my time at Cedar Hill and him being at Mansfield and us being in the district of death down there and playing each other. And so you knew what you were going to get. They're going to be a high formation team, and they're going to try to smack you in the mouth. They want to run your guards all the way, or you know, the all line wants to run your DTs all the way to the dang goal line. And they're going to, you know, they're going to run power. They're going to run uh, toss, and you know, you get a little bit of ISO thrown in there and some bootleg. I mean, you know what's coming. And you know, they're they're still, you know, I think they were twelve and one when we went into that game, or eleven and one, something like that. Um, you know, very physical team. Um, and then, you know, you go the next week and you've got South Lake Carroll Dragons and, and, you know, all the mystique that comes with, with playing those guys. And, you know, you sit there and, you know, being a Metroplex guy myself and, you know, knowing the, you know, hey, from way back in the 90s when they were good and then the Todd's died era and, you know, all that. And you see them, you know, there they are all blonde-headed and got the special playoff-only black pants and out in pregame. You're kind of looking like, man, this is, this is really, really, really cool. Um, you know, got fortunate enough, came out with the with the win against the, against them there at Baylor, and um, then we go play Longview. Uh, you know, anybody you get from you know, as they like those guys out east, like to call it Beast Texas. That's right. Um, they're gonna have some dudes that can freaking fly, man. I mean, just 
we hadn't seen speed like that. You know, we might have seen a team that had one kid or two kids, but overall team speed, I mean, they shoot. Coach King does a great job with those guys out there. And, you know, I mean, they, they fly around uh, on defense. It was fun to, to to watch. I mean, you know, hey, it's 11 hats to the ball, and they're coming with bad intentions. And, you know, they had two or three backs that, that had some scat, and they had another little uh, guy who was, who was kind of a more of a bruiser um, that they got back healthy for that game, you know, um, played it in a, in a downpour for most of the night. I think it was about 40 degrees and, and raining. Um, uh, you know, I don't know that anything was was dry at the, at the end of that at the end of that thing. And then you come off and you you got top air who's you know another formation team and want to punch you right in the mouth and you know um, it, it's a you know you, it, it it's unbelievable to think you know hey at any point in the season if you win six games in a row that that you've had a good run but you know it, in Texas to get to the playoffs you, you've got to have a pretty good 10 weeks to get in and then you've got to be lights out for six you got to have a six game win streak again to, to be able to hoist the, the funky looking trophy trophy you know um, and it's you know you got to it's off season the year before it's your summer conditioning you know it's all that stuff that you, you know as coaches you talk about hey you know all this stuff matters and it all adds up and you know, sometimes you're sitting there, you're, you're talking, you can just see you're talking to the back of a kid's skull. He's not getting it. You know, now I think our kids truly understand all that and believe all that of, hey, you know, if we're not lifting the way we did in the summer, you know, we didn't condition the way we did every Saturday. You know, are we able to do that? You know, are we able to, to you know, still play as hard as we did in week 14, week 15, week 16? Coach, what do you think kind of separates, you know, Texas high school football? It's obviously legendary in a lot of circles. You know, what, what do you think kind of separates, you know, Texas from maybe some of the, the other places you've seen or, or some of the other places you maybe heard about? You know, it's it, – it, so much of it is the communities. It's not necessarily, you know, the um, – you know, the kids or the, or the teams. It's, you know um, – like week three, we played Waco High, so I'm I'm new to the Waco area. You know, I've, I've heard of Waco High, and you know, knew it was a, you know, in the past have been really good, and they're three and zero, we're three and zero, and we we're coming out to to you know out of our locker room to go take the field, and I you know as I'm walking up the home side of Santa, and it is I mean it is absolutely packed. There is it is standing room only on our home side of the stadium, and I was like, this is unbelievable. Like, I mean, this is what Friday night in tech, I mean, this is what makes this so special. And you look over on the other side, and Waco High has got our business section just as packed. And it was like, I mean, they're it, <clears throat> talking to our uh, secretary in the athletic office uh, that following Monday. There were people that were buying tickets, realizing they have no chance of getting a seat. We're going back to the ticket window going, Man, there, we can't even see this field. Like, there's nowhere to stand. There's nowhere to sit. We want our money back. And uh, you know that that was unbelievable. Um, you know, the other thing is our administrations are so supportive of what we do. They understand the impact that athletics can play, and then it it doesn't necessarily make the school. Um, but for those kids, that that's the hook. They understand that and they get that and they understand that us as coaches are doing more than just 
X's and O's. You know, um, you know, it's a it's a line that that I stole from from somebody um, that I worked for and enjoy McGuire, and I've said it in every every interview since. I said, look, I me when, when you hired me to come work at your school, I said I'm going to do everything in my power to make that kid a better student, a better son, one day a better husband, a better father, just a better human for the rest of his life. But for two hours after school, when we're at practice, and for three hours on Friday night, when we're in between those white lines, I am trying to win a football game. And we are going to win because our mess, the message we teach these kids is it's so much, uh, it's received so much better when you're winning football games. You know, I've been at places where we didn't win a lot of football games, and it, it, it was a lot harder to get that message across. You know, um, you know, because you're sitting there going, "Hey, we're gonna, you know, hey, we're gonna run this blitz, and then we got hit, and then hey, we're gonna run this play on offense, and you know, it's an incompletion, or we fumble, or you know, whatever happens, right? And you end up losing the ball game, and you know, kids are going, "Well, you know, man, I don't know, the coach knows what he's talking about, you know." And then so that carries on to everything else you're trying to, to teach them. Um, you know, it's, I, I mean, there's so many different components to it of, you know, um, we're it, it, like, we have athletic periods, so we're able to see our kids and, and we're able to, to, you know, really coach and, and it's into it some of the finer details of the position or of the technique or, uh, of the scheme we're trying to run, you know. Um, the depth at which we're able to do that because we're able to see our kids so much. You know, we'll have college guys come in, you know, they're kind of asked what our schedule is, and they look at us and like, man, you teach your kids more than we did. <laughs> and you're teaching, a, and you're teaching, you know, four or five classes or, you know, whatever your school load happens to be. And, you know, I think I think that, and then, you know, for me being a, a Texas guy, knowing, you know, some of the, the names, Gordon Woods and, uh, GA Moore's and you know you got you know the the run that Todd Dodge had at, at, at South Lake and uh, you got the guy down there and, and Corpus Christi that's now the all-time wins leader and um, well shoot the team that beat us in the in the state game he's been at that school I think I heard like 33 or 34 years at, you know as an assistant and just kept buying his time buying his time and gets gets a head job and you know whammo you know, gets a state title, and they've opened, you know, umpteen schools in that area since he first started there. And, you know, you kind of watch over the years, and hey, they'd get good, and then they'd open two high schools, and they try to, you know, kind of drop back down because the talent pool got pulled. And then, hey, you know, lo and behold, here they come. They're back up. You know, he just kept riding that wave. And, um, you know, it, just stuff like that is, is what makes it what it is, I think. I think it's obvious to all the other coaches from the other states, uh, you know, just from looking at the state finals and semifinals game uh, of, of you guys in Dallas Cowboys Stadium up to the 2A games, and there's what looks like 40,000, 50,000 people in the Dallas Cowboys Stadium to watch a high school game. And, and, um, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but, you know, there was a, a 2A game with, with two cities that had, you know, whatever, 10,000 – uh, people in their city, and there was fifty thousand people at the at the football game. Yeah, it's unbelievable. You know that people that have absolutely no dog in the fight that weekend in the state championship games will 
you know, they'll go buy a ticket and, hey, we got three games today, and they'll stay for all three games just because it's the high school playoffs. It's a state championship game, you know. Um, it, it's, I mean, it, it, when, let me think, I guess this was 2013. Allen had played, I think they were playing North Lamar. They played the 4 o'clock kickoff, and we had Katie in the 8 o'clock kickoff. So we were the last game of the season. And that's when they set the record at like 54,000 people, right? And, you know, you're sitting there and you're telling the kids, hey, it's, you know, there's going to be a lot of people, but it's just another game. You know, it's, it's we're going to do what we do. And, you know, you sit there and you say all that cliche crap, right? And then you walk out and you see, hey, there are people in the freaking upper deck to watch high school football. And, I mean, you've got goosebumps that are two inches tall. And, I mean, I just kind of stood there for a second in the end zone because we're, we're waiting to be able to take the field for to go out and do our pregame. And I was like, man, th- this doesn't happen everywhere, and this doesn't happen every day. And just kind of take a moment and be like, hey, I'm going to be wide-eyed for about 10 seconds, and then I'm going to shake this thing off. You know what I mean? Like, this is – wow, th- this is special. Yeah, you get goosebumps just hearing – I do, just, just hearing about oh. that. I mean, I played um, not huge football, but at, at Houston and – we played at the Rose Bowl, never got 50,000 people. So I could only imagine it's a state championship game, how big of a deal it is in Texas, and then you're playing at Dallas Cowboys Stadium in front of 50,000. Right. I mean, what, I you know, yeah, you get, to, you get to play the, in, the, in the greatest greatest stadium going, you know. And uh, the times before when I coached there, I've been in, in the box. And uh, we were fortunate enough to play round two there. We played uh, Byron Nelson there round two. And, uh, you know, so they hey, don't don't be don't catch yourself staring up at the screen. You know what I mean? Hey, let's you know make sure we're into the game. Hey, hey, let me raise my right hand high. Look up one time. What am I doing? I'm looking at myself on the screen. I'm like, oh crap, this is being a great example for the kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but it's I mean it's like a tractor beam. You can't not look up there. You don't want to, but you're you're gonna look up there at, at some point. You know I mean. You can see as you're watching the as you're watching the field. I mean, you can see that it's so that dang screen is so bright and the color changes. You can see like flashes, you know. And as soon as the play's over, you know, it's also nice you can look up there and there's a little bit of a replay and go, okay, all right, well, you know, hey, we fit that well, or no, that didn't that didn't go so well. Coach, you mentioned Joey McGuire. You know what, what was it like working for him? He's he's kind of a, a Texas legend there at Cedar Hill, and now he's he's gotten a job at Baylor. Like a lot of these uh, these legendary high school coaches down there, you know, maybe speak a little bit about working for him, and then you know, kind of the the trend of of some of these high school guys getting big time college jobs. He uh, he he was awesome to work for um, because there, you know he he loved kids, and it it came through. And I mean, his enthusiasm for young people just—I mean, it just—it literally seeps out of his pores. And I mean, you can see it. And you know, it's—you know—he's an unbelievable football coach as far as X's and O's on the whiteboard. But it's so much more than that. Is what and what he brought to the table is what made you know Cedar Hill Cedar Hill. Because before he was the head coach, they'd never won a playoff game. You know, and then three years later, they're going 16-0, and 0, you know. Now, they had an unbelievable dude back there taking snaps named Will Cole, who 
you know, is arguably one of the greatest high school football players in the history of Texas high school football. But, you know, he, he lets coaches coach. And, you know, hey, if you're not coaching right, he'll, he'll let you know. And, you know, that's fine because at the end of the day, you know the guy loves you and you know the guy. It, we're, we're all trying to do the same thing and win on Friday. And, you know, and, and not doing anything that's going to sell the kids short to do that. You know, I mean, you, you exhaust every effort to, to teach the kid. And, um, you know, shoot, hanging up in the in the dang bathroom right above the urinal was a sign that said, if, if, you know, if a kid does not learn in the way that you teach, then you change the way you teach that kid. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't sit there and hammer a square peg in a round hole going, well, he just doesn't get it. No, you better, you try something. You do everything you can to make sure he gets it, you know. Um, you know, it, I think the timing was was perfect for him to make the jump to college with with Garrett graduating, and you know, just come off three straight title runs, and then um, you know, makes it to the fourth round that that last year. Um, you know, he'll he'll. I'm a firm believer he'll be a be a head coach sooner than later. Um, you know, and they end up taking three guys. On that on that staff, high school football guys, which I think was a really smart move by by Coach Rule, you know, um, being a Northeast guy and going, okay, you know, hey, they're supposed to have, you know, it's supposed to be this this great hotbed of football. Well, who better to go get than three guys that are extremely highly uh, respected in the coaching fraternity here in Texas? And you know, you got you got McGuire, you get uh, Coach Wetzel and, and Coach Bell, and uh, you know. It, I mean, they're 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 great men, and they love kids, and they have a unbelievable enthusiasm for young people. And in the same way with with David Beatty at, at Kansas, yeah. you know, uh, he's got a, he's, his deep, one of his defensive coordinator Kenny Perry was longtime head coach at Arlington Bowie. Um, you know, same thing. I mean, him and him and Joey are our best friends, and it's no. To me, it's no coincidence that both of those guys are now at, at, at you know big time D one schools coaching at, at the next level. Which um, one they're you know the X's and those are there, but they're such great relationship builders and, and building that bond and trust with a kid that you know you you sit back and just kind of take notes. You hear you hear so much about culture and and, and all that that. Almost to me, you sometimes kind of get sick of it just because of that same word has just been, um, I don't know, overused almost. But uh, we've got a school in Oklahoma that uh, it's Jones uh, Jones High School in Oklahoma, and I think it was a guy yeah. from um, from Cedar Hill, learned from Coach McGuire, yeah, Billy Jack, and, and he, Martin. Yeah, and and he he brought what seems like almost the entire culture of Cedar Hill uh, over to Jones with the I don't know I don't know if he chose the school because they were the Longhorns as well. I don't, I don't know how all that worked, but they're, they're turned the horns loose. They're, they're all of it. And yeah. they're the warm up, the, whole, the, road, the whole nine yards, all yeah. of it. And, and it works there. I mean, Jones wasn't a school I'd ever heard of. Now they, again, yeah, they have some good players. They've had some good players these last few years, but um, he comes in there, brings that culture to it. And, and it works there as well. It, it's pretty cool to, to see that uh, work somewhere else. And, and it is. It was. It was cool because it was the first year I, I saw Jones. My dad's team was playing against him, but was the first year I'd met you and, and learned about Cedar Hill and and you know kind of got to put two and two together that 
that he had he had come from there. Yeah, it's uh, you know, he he's done a great job up there, I and mean, he did. It was almost like, hey, here's the blueprint, and I'm going to take this with me, and this is what I believe in, and this is what I've seen, right? and you know, hey, this is what we're gonna, you know, this is what we're gonna do, and you know, it's you know. It's something that you know all all your coaches have to buy into a hundred percent, and and you know you have to believe it, and you know, um, you know, so much of that, you know, like you mentioned, culture. It's you know, your kids know what to expect from you as a coach. You know, uh, how you're going to interact with them on a daily basis. Um, you know, uh, what the expectation is for them, whatever we're doing, whether hey we're going to be in the weight room or we're going to be in the film room or you know we're going to go. Uh, condition wherever that might be or you know we're going to do mat drills but they also kind of know the schedule not that you're ever going to switch it up on them or anything like that just to kind of see how they handle that that change but you know hey they know hey we're going to be in the weight room and we're going to on this day we're going to squat you know and in season on on this day we're going to you know we're going to go out we're going to you know we're going to install the game plan and then we're going to go watch them you know that they know what that routine is so that you know there's no to, to anxiety might not be the right word for it, but um, you know, there's no. Well, I thought this, or I thought, you know, oh, I thought we were doing this, and you know, I didn't, oh, I didn't realize we had film. You know what I mean? There's no, there's, there's not, you know, there's you eliminate so much of that as, um, you know, they they know everybody knows what's expected you know, um, right. from both sides. Yeah. I, th- I think there's so much of what you see with with culture is a lot of it just becomes, you know, empty air, the stuff, the stuff that people are saying. And it's like you're saying, I think having that routine, you know, creates the accountability built into it. You know, a lot of people say these things, here's what we believe in, here's what we believe in. And then all of a sudden they stray from it and it becomes a new standard. And now all of a sudden the kids kind of think it's a joke. You know what I'm saying? Whereas right, when you, right, when you know. have that, that routine in place when they know what to expect and you guys are consistent in getting that expectation, now that's when it becomes a culture. It's not just a bunch of words on a piece of paper. Right. You know, you want to find out what you believe in. Go down 21 nothing in the first quarter and then tell me what you're running offensively and defensively, and I'll tell you what you believe in. Mm-hmm. You know, are you, are you still going to, gonna, you know, if you're a team that's going to go out and, and sling it everywhere, are you going to keep slinging it? Or, you know, if you're a fast-paced team and all of a sudden you're down in the hole real quick, are you going to, you know, hey, we're going to back off the gas because, crap, right now we might give up 80, you know? Or you go, hey, no, we're going to go fast, and I know we're conditioned. We haven't played very well for this eight and a half minutes. But we're going to – in the fourth quarter, we're going to be in better physical shape, and this is what we do, and this is what we have preached to our kids, and this is what we're going to do, and we're going to keep doing it. And you know, let the chips fall where they may. And you know, I, to me, that is that's your that's your culture right there. Is you know, are you going to change up on the kids? Because the kids are they're they're going to do whatever you ask them to do. You know, if you're a fast paced team, you say you take the quarterback and go, look, hey, we're not going to snap this thing until there's you know seven or less on the play clock. Well, most kids in America are not going to go out there and snap it at, at eighteen. You know, if you just told them to snap it at seven. You know they're going to do what you what you have coached them to do. Um, you know I, I know you know hey we got to be mentally tough. You know that's something you always hear, and I, I think you can make a kid physically tougher. I don't know that you can make somebody mentally tougher. And um, 
know, I go back, Coach Harper and Coach Walls, you know the kid I'm fixing to talk about, and Carter Key. Yep. Hands down, not even close, the most physically tough kid I've ever coached, ever. And I love him to death. Love, love the way he plays the game. Love the way he goes about his business. And I think he's a really mentally tough kid. Mm-hmm. And after the season, I, I I just sat down and said, hey, I want to just pick your brain as a high school athlete and be just as nondescript coach. I said, Ken, do you think somebody could have made you more mentally tough than you are? And he's like, I don't, he's like, oh, no, I don't think so. He's like, you just, he's like, from what I've seen and, and being around kids and whether it's game or off season, he's like, you're either tough enough to handle it or you're not. He's like, you know, he's like, you know, every coach has a different approach, right? Some are going to yell and scream and, and some are going to be, you know, more uh, soft-spoken and, and maybe a little more cerebral with that approach or whatever. But, you know, I don't think either one of those approaches necessarily makes a kid tougher. I mean, he's got to want it just as bad and be willing to uh, go through that pain and discomfort of paying the price to be able to earn the right. You know, I know that sounds like a bunch of generic coach cliche speech, but, you know, everybody says, hey, I want to I want to be a D1. I want to go, you know, I want to win three state championships and I want to do this. But when it comes down to it, are you willing to do what that takes? Are you willing to, to watch the film, to, you know, uh, spend extra time on your on your footwork, on you know, or training your eyes. You know, so much of it is, is high discipline. Of I'm going to read my keys. I'm going to do what I'm coached to do. I'm going to make sure that you know, hey, this kind of oddball tricky formation that they're going to throw at us, that I'm able to get the check for it. You know, that I'm not going to go. You know, I'm not going to miss that. And do that not only in the, in the first quarter, but you know, fourth quarter when you played. 65, 75, you know, hopefully not as a defensive guy, 85 snaps, you know, that, hey, I can, I, you know, it doesn't matter. Whenever I got to answer the bell, I'm going to do my job. And, you know, I think you can get kids in condition to physically be able to do that. But I think it, I think each, I don't know that you can truly mentally prepare them for that and make a, and make a kid mentally tougher. I, I, that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, you spoke on on Carter Key, and you're right. Montana got a a, a steal. They got a, a heck of a of a player, and and Carter Key, and that's the kid. That's the kind of kid you'd want all of your. If you could have a defense full of Carter Keys, or even an offense, uh, you could put yeah. you could put him on offense line if you needed to. That a tough yeah. kid that just wanted to win, and when he was out there, his teammates trusted him and knew that as long as as Keys out there, we're going to be all right. No doubt. No uh, doubt. I mean, just, you know, I mean, it, it, it smart, you know, he had, you know, you talked about football IQ earlier. He had a very high football IQ. You know, um, you could, I mean, I got, we got to where I could say, hey, this formation, what are they going to run? And he would, he'd tell me their top two runs, the top two pass concepts out of it. You know, there's not very many high school kids that, that do that, just boom, 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 boom. I mean, he'd, we'd go 10 formations deep. Yeah, you know, that's because he, he, he listened in film. He watched film on his own. He asked the right questions. And it, and it, and meant something it to truly him. mattered to him. Exactly. Exactly. You know, 
um, something I, I stole from my time with, with you guys up there in BA that continually said all the time was, you know, hey, this kid loves broken arrow football. Or this kid, lo- you know, he loves broken arrow football. So I think you, you know, if you got two kids that might be the same in all aspects, okay, one of them you know is all about it. And the other is, you know, yeah, hey, I do this, and it, it's fun, and, you know, yeah, I enjoy it. But that jersey across the front of your name doesn't really mean the same thing as the other kid. I'm taking the other kid 100% of the time. He can be a step slower. I'm taking the other kid. You know, Coach, you, you probably got to have kids that love it. Let's say you, you talk about Car- Carter Key, you know, being one of those dudes that, you know, obviously tough, mentally tough. Who are maybe some of the biggest freaks, you know, that you ever got to coach? Or maybe you had to go against so maybe some some war daddies up front, or maybe some uh, some of the the skill athletes you guys maybe ran into in Texas or Oklahoma. Who would be some of the best dudes? That, so that you some of the remember? guys that, that uh, very fortunate that were on our sideline when we took the field. Uh, Quincy Adebojo, who's now with the Ravens. Um, you got Demarcus Lodge, wide receiver, who's at Ole Miss. Uh, linebacker Richard Moore, who's now at uh, SMU. Um, Maybe one of the biggest freaks physically is a Cliviante Gonzalez. Um, I mean, that guy did some things on the field that you just look at and go, how did he get out of that? And not only did he get out of it, he just housed it 70 after fully reversing the, the field, you know, nearly twice, and then still have enough in the tank to stick his foot to the ground when he finally got a crease and was gone. Um, Xavier Washington, the defensive end uh, that's at Northwestern, um, you know, he's a kid that, had all the physical tools and uh, really needed offensive lineman. He played offense as a sophomore and because that's what the team needed and goes and plays right tackle and did a great job. And then the next year he flips over to his, what he naturally does the defensive end and, um, you know, was, was just a man child over there. Um, you know, some of the guys that we got, that we faced um, my first year at Serial, we go against, um, Kenny Hill, who's, you know, just graduated TCU. Um, he was unstoppable in, in high school. He was unbelievable. Um, you know, you look at the DeSoto, you've got the, the Orr brothers. Um, you've got uh, Des White, who's also at TCU, playing slot over there. Um, the tailback they had that went to Ohio State, uh, DeAndre Wilson. I mean, that guy looked like Usain Bolt running outside zone. I mean, I – he was so freaking fast. <laughs> like, like, I mean, you know, you sit there and you look at a kid and you're like, man, we got some, we got some dudes, you know? I mean, we got some guys that can run and they're big and fast and strong and all that kind of stuff. And then you watch that guy go run. And uh, you're like, oh, we don't have that guy. I mean, that dude has another gear. You know what I mean? Like, holy crap. Um, you know, another guy, another, three other guys that I was very fortunate enough to coach. Um, two of them were offensive linemen in Arlington, Sam Houston, and they were twin brothers, George, Vince Tech, Tony and Alfredo Morales. Uh, Tony was the most nastiest offensive lineman I've ever seen in my life. I know both of you guys would love him to no end because he would finish you and then he would <laughs> he would just bury you into the turf. Re- refinish you. you about it. Yes, he would. Yeah, he would finish and then finish again, and then he probably would let you know about it. 
but he he didn't have a really loud voice, so nobody ever really knew he was you know saying anything. Um, and then you know, hey, you, you're gonna snap it again in about 17 seconds, and I'm gonna do it again, and there's nothing you can physically do about it. And uh, and Alfredo was was very much the same way. And then the kid we had playing quarterback uh, was a guy named Jamal Turner, who at that time when Fave was the largest classification as junior year became the first player in Texas to throw for 2,000 yards and run for 2,000 yards in the same season. He went to he went and to my beloved Huskers. I remember him well. He did. Yeah, he had an unbelievable spring game, you know, coming out, and um, he was, you know. We we couldn't do him justice in practice trying to give him a look. You know, I remember our uh, our scrimmage. We're scrimmaging Fort Worth, uh, Eastern Hills, and of course he's not live for the for the scrimmage. And you know, anytime he'd get out of the pocket, you know they're blowing the whistle, and he just kind of smiled and he'd go, "That was six. <laughs> you know, going, "Hey, I'm gone." He's like, "That, you know, that that was twenty yards. Uh, I would have been gone. I would have been gone." And I was just like. And, you know, I had been around the kid a whole lot. I was new, and I was like, man, I know he's good. But the first week we were over there playing uh, Crowley High School, and he runs for, like, 324 and throws for 276. <laughs> and uh, if we don't have him, we don't win the game. And, and probably not, but it, it, it wouldn't have been close. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, he can say whatever he wants because uh, he, can, he can ball a little bit. Yeah, that's right. It's nice to have guys like that, I'm sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> bringing so you back. Coach, when you have guys like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. You can really, you can really do some <laughs> stuff as a coach then. I mean, you can, you can sell some, some systems and you can do whatever you want, but you got a guy like that. Yeah. Uh, coach, bringing you back to your, your days, your defense coordinator at Broken Arrow, one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Uh, we went down to Trinity. Uh, they, you know, we had some good players like Carter Key and a few other guys, but for the most part, we were fairly down. I uh, didn't have a ton of seniors and starting a lot of sophomore kids going against Trinity, who's a perennial powerhouse, obviously in Texas, and they're going to line up in a, in 8 million different formations that are all real football formations. And they're going to, they are real out. football formations and they're going to run real football plays and they're going to try to, you know, uh, run the power. They're going to try to run every awesome football play there is, and they're going to try to make you like it. Um, yes. It was – that was one of the most impressive defenses I, I've ever seen uh, come because because they were so good and so big. I mean, it looked like a college team coming out. And, and we didn't have the players to match that, but but we held them to – I think it was 21, and that was with an offense that we didn't do a – I don't – you know, I don't know if we got over 100 yards that, that game. It was, it was very poor on offense. but. Um, what was your what, what did you guys do going into that game? What do you think made uh, us so successful that game? And and obviously we lost, but to me, keeping them to that and and really not being overpowered, it seemed like to me when when they probably had some bigger kids and they definitely had more bigger kids, you know, to, to be able to roll yeah, in. No, what, what were you thinking no, going into no that doubt. game? And what did you what did we um, you know use to to have such a good defensive of scheme that game you know i i tried to keep it as simple as possible as far as matching coverages to fronts um you know of 
so that the back end understood their fit and they could be supportive in the run game and be supportive right now. Um, you know, if they, you know, if key gives them run key, they're, they're fitting. Um, you know, up front, I tried, you know, we, we tried to move them a little bit um, so that, you know, they didn't have to, you know, just sit there and try to have two of those big old monsters just leaning on them all night long. Um, you know, the, the our outside backers, when they were young, and a lot of them, it was their first time being on the Friday night lights, and they were spectacular and helping shorten the edge for the two guys we had in middle Carter and Romine to, to get to their fits. Um, you know, uh, we had a couple of breakdowns in, in coverage um, that, you know, it, it really – I probably should have called a different coverage because both of those times is when I had changed coverage after four or five, six, seven plays. And, you know, I'm thinking, hey, uh, well, we need to give them a different look on the back end. Well, okay, the, the, I, I probably put us in a bad spot right there, you know. Um, you know, going it, coming away from that game, you know, I'll, <clears throat> it, and it sounds – you know, again, Coach Cliche, oh, our kids played hard. Oh, Coach, kids played hard. Our kids played so freaking hard. Like, no, no, unless you watch that game over there or, or have tape of it and, and see and understand those kids, you don't know how hard they played. And um, still, I mean, you know, right now, going back to that game, um, I remember, you know, my my parents and my mom and stepdad and everybody come to that game. I remember sitting there talking to my to my stepdad at the game. I said, "I feel so bad for our kids because they played so hard." I said, I, "I I know, you know, again that just sounds like coach speak." I said, "But you know, I go back and every time I watch that game, I just think back of how hard our kids played hard and it, you know, they were physical. We we worked the ball. We forced. They did everything." That, you know, I said in my little pregame speech to him, you know, hey, if we do this, we're going to be successful. If we do this, we're going to be successful. If we do this, we're going to be successful. And, uh, you know, the scoreboard didn't come out on the right end. Um, you know, I would have never guessed that they'd have thrown for three touchdowns, <laughs> you know, because they're going to run no. the power up your freaking nose until you like it, and then they're going to run power the other direction. Um, but, you know, it, it, I couldn't have been more proud of, of a group of kids and the effort they gave and for a lot of them being their first time to take the field uh, in a varsity uniform for Broken Arrow. What's the, uh, what's the talk sound like? Because obviously I wasn't in that room. I was in a different room trying to figure out how to get uh, more than 20 yards for the offense. But <laughs> what's, a, uh, what's, a, what's the talk sound like when you, when you get the kids the next day and you talk to them and you do say – Look, guys, you you played as hard as you could. You did exactly what I asked you to do, um, and we still we still didn't come come out with the win. What do you what do you do from it, there? What do you talk about? What 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 gets said? You know, um, it's kind of I asked Billy Billy Gates that exact question. I said, "What the heck do I do now?" I said, "I just you know pulled out. Hey, if you get this many turnovers, statistically you have this percentage chance of winning, and you're going to do this and." Uh, he's like, we just keep preaching the same message, keep preaching the same message. And, um, you know, unfortunately week two, we had union at their place and they were, you know, loaded as normal. And, 
was like, okay, all right, here we go. We got a quick turnaround. You know, we didn't want to beat the kids up. I knew they were physically beat up, you know. Um, we fixed to play another physical team that, that has another element in their speed and able to blow the top off the thing. And uh, so, you know, kind of felt found myself two Saturdays in a row giving the same speech. You know what I mean? And I keep trusting it, keep trusting it, keep trusting it. And, um, you know, the week three, we get, a, we get to play Owasso at home. And, you know, I went in there to talk to the kids before the game and our defense beating us. And look, I said, you can, you can turn your ears off and not listen to me and I'll understand. Because for two weeks I've said, hey, do this, this, and this, you know, win the ball game. I said, you've gone out and you've done A, B, and C. And yet we're 0-2. I said, know this. I said, I love each and every one of you in this room like you're my own kid. I said, I'm going to coach you like you're my own kid. I said, I'm gonna, we're going to coach you hard. I said, and I, I know you're going to play hard. I said, we need one turnover tonight. We get one turnover, we're going to win this ballgame. I said, and, and I said, you've proven you can go turn, you can turn them over. I said, is it all going to be pretty all night long? No. I said, well, we need one, one turnover. And when we get that turnover, I said, we're going to freaking celebrate and, and, and celebrate success. And we're going to ride it all the way to the game and we're going to win the football game. Do not leave this room thinking you are not going to win this football game. And, you know, we go out and that gum, we <laughs> Proctor playing quarterback because their guy's hurt. And <laughs> first time we get a pass rush on him, he's gone 70. And I'm sitting there looking at Croft like, holy crap. <laughs> and, uh, then they then they decided they wanted to run sprint out pass and Carter Key introduced himself to Mr. Proctor and uh that was a win for us. And then uh, you know, the the hit in the second half uh from Ladarin just you know, rummage sales their quarterback and I mean I couldn't even be in a box anymore. I was such a case animal anyway. That <laughs> the next play is, is, I think it's a fumble because I see our guy running off the field with the football. So I'm like, man, I'm going down. By the time I get downstairs and coming around by where the band is, they've had a freaking NFL-style conference and it's given Owasso the ball. I have no headset and we need a call. And I look over and I just happen to see Billy and I'm just screaming at the top of my lungs, just go, guys, call, guys, call whatever you want. Just get a call in there. Get a call. I don't care. I didn't even have a headset. But I couldn't be in the box anymore. I couldn't stand it. I was I, – I think I've broken everything up there, and I'm sure the guys in the box are running for me to leave. And uh, I remember that. I'm sure. I'm sure mints were flying everywhere. Uh, there was a lot of mints, a lot of halls, wrappers, uh, probably about 75 red pins. I don't know. If, I don't know if any of that stuff ever came down out of the box. I have no I'll, idea. Okay, we won the box. I'll bet I know what you didn't call. I bet you didn't call double Rosie. No, definitely did not call it double Rosie. Worst call in the history of football. That's if, probably, if you're listening to Run the Power podcast, do not ever call it double Rosie. Never. If you, know it, you can DM me and I will tell you. It's a bad, bad decision. Uh, out I of got timeout, no less. <laughs> I got to be in a, a couple of your meetings. I kind of snuck in to listen to them before a game. Uh, and you'd have a lot of Inky Johnson. Is that his name? Is that right? Yeah. The Inky Johnson yeah. videos. Um, Man, talk about having goosebumps uh, come up your up your arm. Those were some awesome videos. Where where'd you hear about that, or what what got you into showing some of those videos? Uh, because I, I, it got me into I it. I have to find the 
Inky Johnson video just looking for like motivational speaker on YouTube or whatever, right? And then um, it was kind of a deeper connection. And when I when I heard his story, um, what ultimately ended his career was a brachial plexus injury, which my daughter Addison uh, suffered at birth. And uh, uh, she was a little bit she's more fortunate than Inky Johnson in that she was able to you know, through some surgery and a lot of therapy to regain use of her, of her arm. Um, so I immediately had a connection and I was like, man, this guy is passionate and what he's speaking is a hundred percent truth. And I really sucked at making highlight videos. Um, so I was like, man, if, you know, this dude gets me going and I kind of feel like our kids said, we all kind of don't have the same heartbeat. And, uh, I tried it one week, you know, kind of showed it to them and, and they seemed to, to respond to it. So uh, we just we, we kept rolling with it, but uh, you know if you haven't had to you know if you don't know the, his story or haven't heard, um, you got to check him out. He's he's um unbelievable human being and and has a great great message. I was gonna get ready to ask Coach, what are some of your favorite blitzes, man? I mean, when when I'm here, we're on the Run the Power podcast. To me, it's it's got to be Run Your Best Blitz podcast too. If you're a defensive guy. So what's you your know, favorite um, favorite gas? If we're talking, you know, you know, everybody, if we're going two by two, um, you know, I, I like something uh, away from the back. I want to I want to show you some type of pressure that's going to bring your back to the same, you know, the side he's aligned to, and then, uh, you know, as he steps up, then hey, we're out of there, and and now we're hat for hat on the backside plus one that you can't get to, um, you know, whether that's off the edge or bringing him in between the tackling guard. You know whether there's some type of twist there or not. Hey, if, we, if we've got guys that can twist, then hey, let's let's twist a little bit late and make it a little bit harder for those guys to pick up. Um, get them on shoot. some different. Get them on some different levels. Yeah, you know, um, if you're a big sprint out team, um, then then you know you. Hey, I'm I'm probably going to come try to knock your quarterback's head off. Um, you know. You, you better keep him inside the tackles because you get him out here. I'm gonna put him up with a with a man, and you know, it, I have a saying: it take the head off the snake. And I and I, I say that with a, a little bit of um, discomfort in my voice because you know concussions are such a big thing, and that that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying go concussion, dude. I'm saying hit the quarterback because the more you hit the quarterback, the faster that ball is coming out, whether it's in the past game, if, you know, if they're truly a, a read option team, zone read, you know, whatever you want to call it now, you know, those decisions become quicker it, it, the more you hit them. And, um, you know, there's, there's some formations that, that I called some blitzes to them. I'm like, what in the heck? Were you, why did you do that? You know, <laughs> scratch that off the list. Don't, don't, don't blitz that thing. Um, but, you know, um, it's, it, Ideally, if you can just get a, a good pass rush with with your D line and, and just plus one it at either off the edge or if I can put your weakest lineman in where he's got to make decisions and physically win a one on one battle, then yeah. um, that that's where I want to attack. So to say, hey, I'm more of a field boundary blitzer. Um, no, all those things definitely have their merit in 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 a game plan. But I'm really looking for the weak link up front, and that's where I want to try to attack. 
Walls, one of the one of the funny stories when uh, when Nal was at Broken Arrow was um, I always did uh, cards for the de- for the defense and and would run the scout team. And honestly, that was one of the biggest things, Coach Nal, I've ever picked up from you is is me going and running the scout team because um, I I think it was one of the biggest benefits we took into this last season we just had because I got to work with you know and you've got to work it with a split practice, but uh, I got to work with some of my JV kids and got to make it into our run. So you would give me the cards early. I'd get to make it, you know, I'd show them what you wanted, but I would make it into our call. So I'm teaching the kids our plays. I'm teaching them how I want them to block it. And, you know, that was one of the best things I picked up from you is, is being able to do that. And it's something I tried to do most of this season as well. And, you know, to great success because I think it really helped us um, – build some younger kids but anyways uh I think it was a it was a bye week and so we didn't have cards and coach now just kind of wanted to see a bunch of different uh offenses it didn't matter he just wanted his guys to line up to some different uh different uh formations and so he said harp you know whatever you go ahead and, and call whatever you want over there and I think we got into some of the craziest formations I could find <laughs> I got into three tight ends on one side and we were were motion yeah. and running pin and pull and uh, the next day, I, I wasn't asked to do the same thing, but I, I no, know I, I a, had a blast. I burned six timeouts in a ten-minute in a ten-minute period because you know there's some formations that are called timeout. <laughs> crap, we, we I gotta I gotta take out a corner and put in two more nose guards and try to see if I can't play with twelve against some of those. You know, you got three tight ends and a wing. Crap. Harper, man, that's like one of the rules of uh, laws of power, dude. You can't outshine the master. Come on now. I know it wasn't wasn't smart, but it was it was a lot of fun. He he let me do that, but um, you know, I I came up with every crazy Madden formation I could think of and every motion off of it, and it took us a minute to put it in before, but it was a blast, and and it was it really was fun. But but all that just to say that. That was one of the best things I've ever learned is is have your offensive line coach go run if you've got enough kids go run scout team and you can split up practice right then have him go yes. scout team and really get to teach some of these young kids that you don't have time it benefits them but it benefits your team as well in the years to come and uh, this year it helped because we've had we had you know two or three kids that had to step up and play a major role and they started out playing uh, scout team for us at the beginning of the year right. It was, it was, I know for me being the DC and having you as the, the scout team on, on lockdown was huge because, you know, you didn't, it wasn't something you had to worry about. We're going to break with 11. We're going to have 13. We're going to have eight. You know, there's going to be 11 guys and they're, they're going to, they're going to run it, you know. We did we did the 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 same thing at Jenks because we ran split practices. So when it was not an offensive period, say, you know, it was defensive emphasis time. We did have uh, scouts as well, and I did the same thing. I'd always take the first huddle, and if I had kids, you know, that were in a position battle, so sometimes you'd have guys fighting it out for right guard, that would be one of my evaluation criteria. You know, which one of you guys wants to play scout team? And and there was times, Coach, I, I had to kick out some of my seniors from that scout team. Coach, I want to get another rep. This is a fun offense to run. You know, they, they'd, all be, they'd all be wanting to do that, you know, and, and it was the same thing. You know, the coach would hand me cards. I wouldn't even show them the cards, you know. You just give them the formation. Hey, it's, it's rip zero, run rip zero. Let's go, you know. And right. Boom, they, they go put run it in, the play. And put it in your in your terminology, and, and that they're just a tick quicker. You know what I mean? And because yeah. it's they're now they're comfortable. 
I, th- I thought it was funny because those guys are like, hey, can I see the card? And I'm like, dude, we run this play. What are you talking about? You don't need to see the damn exactly. card. Who cares? Well, I want to see what defense they're going to be in. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter because they're never in that defense. Exactly. I don't, think been, I don't think an inside run or in team, a defense, even going back to my college days when I was on a scout team, I don't think a defense has ever once lined up the way they're supposed to on cards. I oh. think it's always wrong. That's called scripting for success. <laughs> it, every defense coordinator does it. It must be it must be the thing to do because that that's funny because that's all I ever saw. Um, well, coach, last thing is kind of what I ask everybody, but um, just curious. So you watch a lot of film, obviously. You're one of the um, you know we've got some great coaches, but you're one of the ones that watch the most that I've ever been around, and so um, I'm really interested to kind of hear what you have to say about it, but. You watch a lot of film. You see offensive line uh, play all the time. What's something that an offensive line would do, or what do you see from an offensive line that would make you think really highly of their offensive line coach? Oh, wow. Uh, that they finish. Down, you know, they, they finish guys at, at, at the point of attack. You know, um, they're constantly looking for work. At the whistle, those five guys are moving. You know, they're never standing still. Um, you know, whether they're they're downfield trying to trying to, you know, go throw on a safety or uh they're looking for that backside outside linebacker, you know, on, on flow away and you know, they've gone up and they they've cut their backer and now hey, where's the where's the next threat coming? Um, is that they're they're constantly when the when the whistle blows that those five dudes are still moving. That they're you know, they're not just going and going, Wow, that linebacker's really good. Look at him run, you know. Um <laughs> Because I don't think that's something that every kid instinctually does. You know, hey, I just did my job, and now you want me to sprint 20 yards and go catch a kid who's more athletic than me and, you know, weigh 70 pounds less. And, you know, when they can do that all night long, then you know they're being coached at a really high level. And, um, you know, I, I, that that's something I need personally. Um Hmm. Pass pro, I mean, all you guys do is hold anyway, so it doesn't matter. That's right. You got to be really good at holding. <laughs> we, te- we teach holding better than anyone in America. Right. Probably four periods. Probably four periods. Hey, here's how you hold. That's right. Look, period grab 22 this, is holding. Do this. Yeah. yeah, period 22 is holding. If you're, and if you're good. Punters are working coffin corner punts, and y'all are working holding. Yeah, and if the D-line's any good, they don't let us hold them. That hey, believe me, I I, I as a D line coach, look, you're only being held if you're allowing yourself to be held. Exactly. And um, I may or may not teach some tricks to avoid that, but I won't divulge that information here. <laughs> Strong <Smart> move. <laughs> <laughs> well, coach, I I really appreciate it, man. I love that you got in here and talked with us um, about some football for for an hour. We're glad Loved we could it. take an hour out of your day and, and just talk football, man. We we enjoy it and we get we get a ton out of it, and we're excited that we get to talk to so many so many coaches around around the U.S. Uh, now adding a couple of coaches in Texas, so it, it's been a, it's been a blast, and we really appreciate you you coming on and talking to us. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been a blast. Thanks, Coach. Man, always a pleasure, man. Yes, sir. That's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank our sponsors, Team Attack Academy and Audible. Go get your free audiobook at rtpbook.com. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. 
And if you enjoy running the power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.